swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every crew, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, wherever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars. Also, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. And... Soar on over. So I was trying to think of like a an avian metaphor or something. Soar on over, floating to be whatever. But yeah, float <laughs> on over to, <laughs> to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. And yeah, let's handle some business. AMC, how are you? Oh man, it's been it's been a minute. It's been about I've been about a month. Um, See, so yeah, I've been good. I'm doing better, I should say. I yeah. so for about two weeks of that month, I had COVID. So and my my entire I had it. My entire family had it. Everybody got it, um, and it was brutal. I will say the only good thing about it was I've pretty much only been to work about once this entire month, so that has been nice. But I would not get COVID <laughs> to get out of going to work. <laughs> it, it was it was nice though for a period to not have to drive to. To be healthy, but not have to go in <laughs> is how I'm so Silver Yeah, lines. yeah, exactly. Other than that, um, yeah, getting in a lot of family time. Um, just giving everybody a heads up now. I will be in Hawaii next week, so we will not be releasing an episode. So you get one episode for this month. So enjoy the shit out of this one. Maybe yes. we'll listen to it about like eight times to get that feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Might be one of those odd two-hour episodes, Taiju. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, A-Dub, how you been? Oh, man. Chilling, you know, just really feeling tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a few few of these weeks that we missed was due to my lack of energy. So, you know, just trying to develop good habits all over again. Really just getting comfortable, like settling into my independence. Look, I'm a grown-ass man, but the same token. Still learning, still growing, still changing. Yeah, it was a responsibility comes with with a lot of power. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I finally saw what the hell. So check this out. I buy the Blu-ray for Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> yeah, you buy it. And then like two days later, it's like, ah, it's coming to streaming. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, what is it? What is it coming to? I, I don't know either. Di- I think Disney. Okay. Cause I, I did see Deadpool is on Disney Plus now. I was yeah, curious. Deadpool, Logan, and yeah. something else they said like three rated r movies on disney plus oh uh, that's one. hilarious yeah, that's finally coming yeah i, re- I rented it because i was just like well, i gotta watch this before i watch uh dr strange so uh, did you watch dr strange yet then and then i immediately watched dr strange the following day i, I got spider-man because dr strange came to streaming and i was like all right yeah. gotta get spider-man <laughs> 
Yeah. So yeah, uh, got uh, it. But best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Oh, God so damn. good. <laughs> it was so good. unbelievable. Wrapped up oh. like one. I haven't seen like something just you know close so many holes. Like as far as like other like it was almost so it was brilliant how they were able to bring in all those other storylines and then seal them up so that like everything kind of connects in a way to bring it all home to this current iteration of spider-man uh mm-hmm. i was uh, yeah i was just sitting there and i was like man they are just like you know when, like certain people they just have an idea of how things need to be done and they just constantly execute perfectly in that manner and that's like that's kind of how i'm viewing like marvel at this time even with like all like the people are trying to find like it's it's very reminiscent of like people's I guess criticism of PlayStation is that PlayStation just killed it for so long that you just kind of have to find issues with it. Yeah. I feel like that's what people are doing with Marvel. Like they're they're just doing things so well that it's like, oh, Marvel. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> like you just got to hate Marvel to hate Marvel because they're just printing money at this point. <laughs> well, it's this whole thing. Like they finally revealed the plans for the next big saga in the whole thing with King the Conqueror eventually showing up. But yeah, they revealed the plans for phases four through six and it's like they're going to end with these big massive movies and i'm just saying to people like okay let's keep in mind now the infinity saga was three phases as well so it's the same thing plus they have the series on disney plus to work with and there's so we're getting a lot more content it's gonna be this long sprawling event that unfolds over a great period of time so i'm just looking forward to the ride it's gonna be awesome yeah we yeah saw spider-man saw dr strange both absolutely amazing and that was that whole thing so i'm excited about that we get a new daredevil we got that wakanda forever trailer that hit i mean she hulk is looking dope so yeah things are going down for marvel fans in the most significant way imaginable hey dub it's been four weeks (laughs) So much to talk about. What have so you been much. playing? Okay. So keep in mind, it's been like four weeks. So your boy has beaten Forbidden West on Ultra Hard, on a fresh save. <laughs> Somehow, some way, I made it happen. And, you know, I'm not entirely proud of some of the things I did. Took advantage of some, of some glitches and exploits, not things that I looked up or looked for. But, you know, if I'm in the middle of a battle, and a flying enemy for some reason gets stuck in an animation loop on a treetop. I'm popping those parts off. I'm taking you down. That's just the way it goes. If I end up in a spot where no matter how how many times you swing at me, you just can't touch me. I'm knocking those parts off. I'm taking you down. I'm not like thinking two ways about it. I'm not save scumming. I'm not reloading save. <laughs> so there was a fair amount of that. Other times I'm just like sprinting through the battlefield looking for a wall I can climb so I can get up to a perch where the enemy can't reach me and I can just hit it with the long range arrows. Once I got to like the 40s or closer to the level cap, level 50, that's when I started to begin to feel comfortable in combat. I was able to go down and like mix it up with the enemies and met some real tough stuff, but learn their tricks and, you know, really got good at that. Once I got the ability to summon like aggressive robots to combat, that's when things really got interesting. I was feeling like Chris Pratt in, in, a, in Jurassic Park when I had that robotic raptor running with me. I would have a flame variant, I would have a poison variant. 
you can ride it. <laughs> you can ride it. I, I always had it set too aggressive. I would let it go and just get the party started. And then I would come in and like kind of pick off the, the people who got separated from the pack. So come up, hit them with the stealth strike, roll up on somebody else, hit them with power attack, hit them with the critical strike. <laughs> <laughs> it's cleated and mopping. Got awesome weapons. Got us. Got some legendary armor. Got some legendary weapons. Uh, was digging the story. Like it just kept getting better all the way through. The the missions remain challenging, and like with it being on ultra hard, you don't really notice the incremental improvements that you make whenever you upgrade your weaponry. But you know, once you get up to the higher levels, that's when you really that's when it's starting to really show its worth. So over time, it's like I accumulated the power to make the game feel the way that I felt it should have. Uh, unfortunately, it's looking like I'm going to have to start a whole new game plus if I want to turn the difficulty down. So my save is just stuck at, at ultra hard. So if I want to go back and clean up the content that I feel ultra hard was just a little too much for, I have to restart the not looking forward to that. That has kind of killed my, my platinum run. But, you know, no big deal. It's still a fantastic game. Definitely one of the best, the best looking game that's out right now. It offers just a very strong step forward for the Horizon story and the Horizon lore. There's a lot more characters. The stakes have increased. It just it, The playing field has changed significantly. I could throw out any kind of you know, cliche here if I want to, but it all applies. Horizon, outstanding. Then while I was searching for something to get back into, you know, I fired up Chorus. I know I'm right up at the end with that. You know, looking through other stuff, thought about Biomutant for a second, thinking about older things, thinking about things that I bought. Still got Anno Mutationum. I got to get into that. But settled on Cyberpunk. <laughs> Went back into that, put in dozens of hours like i'll just finish work go right to the couch shut the blinds cyberpunk all night <laughs> go to sleep do it all over again and yeah made it very far it looks like i'm 75 percent done with probably the main storyline of the game so i i heard that that was particularly short looking forward to finishing that rolling credits on the game however i've been stuck in a in a loop but just doing the side content the gigs and the, the ncpd all points bulletins the apbs for the crimes in progress so just trying to do that trying to fill out the wall that's in the stash that has all the unique weapons which i thought was just you know whatever weapon you wanted to put in there but it turns out you got to find special weapons with the game i found an iconic like dildo with a handle so that was a weapon. <laughs> and I guess it was something that you were supposed to use like in the context of a particular gig where you find it. But I saw it. I didn't use it. I just cut somebody off my sword and kept it moving. I got the thermoptic camo now, so I can hit the button and just turn it visible for 10 seconds. <laughs> I got the, uh, what is it? I think the I got the cybernetic ankles, so I can, I get the high jump. <laughs> I could charge it up, just jump over a building, and come down, slice somebody, doing combos, slicing off heads. Oh, really leaning into the whole 
the whole crafting aspect. So got upgraded like my signature weapons to their legendary status, continually upgrading them as I gain levels to keep them them relevant. And yeah, it's it's just a blast, man. It makes me wish that I could certain parts of it earlier, so I would have gotten certain abilities that would completely change the tone of a mission. Like it's one thing when you're creeping through the shadows, choking guys out, dumping their bodies in boxes, and occasionally like hacking a camera or setting somebody on fire, which then tips them off that somebody's fucking around out there when they start looking around. Like now I can make two people fight each other and everybody else with an earshot of what they got going on. I can hold two people in place and just come up and do whatever I want to them. I can set a guy on fire, can make three people sick, and that is just eating away at their health while they're fighting each other, while they're on fire. You know, I can I can shut off people's optics, I can short out like drones, I can take control of cameras and turrets. There's just so many things I have at my disposal while also having invisibility temporary invisibility being able to jump high, having the sword, having a pistol, having all the perks and skills unlocked on those. So, you know, I can speak volumes about it. Cyberpunk, I do wish it was a slightly better game than it is, but for what's there, I think it's just an outstanding little game. It's got good writing. The city is gorgeous. It could use some more character and more of its own dynamic life. The driving uh, could be- did you enjoy it more than uh, Witcher? Uh, oh, yeah. Incredibly, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you know, it, I'm not one of those guys who's like, well, the story, the story made up for everything. It's like, no, the gameplay is where it's at. And Cyberpunk by far has the better gameplay, but that's only by virtue of being a first-person shooter, which is an easier thing to engage with. But, you know, it's Cyberpunk is an awesome game. So, you know, no caveats, no... No, like qualifications. It's an awesome game. I think it deserves better from people instead of this outright criticism. However, it isn't the game that everybody was hyping it up to be like, oh man, it's gonna be like D and D. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, fun times. So, AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, um you know what's funny is uh so when I was sick, I didn't get to game that much. Uh, as far as as far as Elden Ring, so I, I did push forward in Elden Ring, but I feel like I haven't done anything, even though I've taken down like a bunch of, you know, I guess mini bosses. You know, the ones where like you beat them and then across the screen will be like failed enemy or enemy failed. <laughs> Great <laughs> so, like, enemy. <laughs> yeah, so unless you know, like you took down something, you didn't take out like a boss, but you took down something. Yeah. So I got a couple of those under my belts. Push forward in that way, but um, no major, I guess, story events. Found some items. Got to figure out what the hell. I feel like I've I've collected multiples of like half of like a medallion. <laughs> um, just have to figure out what what that's all about. Um, Which halves? Uh, one was like there was a guy. It was like it looked like a zombie type thing. He was like on the ground. And uh, you know, I, I actually have it in my notes. Let me let me let me just look it up real quick. It's like, that's why you keep the notes, a dub. Uh, let's see. One of them I found was a. Uh, it's the the Hill Grace secret medallion um, that I'm supposed to give to Al 
Benoric Latana. <laughs> Latana. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this uh, is one of those side quests that I locked myself out of. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So I've, I've 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 collected things, I've beaten things, but I feel like I still have a ton of like progress to make in that game. But I'm enjoying it. But the game I've actually been putting the most time in is um. So Marissa and I, we beat. I think it was moving out, and then we had like oh. you know, there was a downtime of you know we were trying to figure out what game to play next uh, while we were just catching up on shows and. The game that we started is a game that I've been sitting on, and I was like, you know, it's time. Let's give it a shot. It might work as a two-player game. You know, it's single-player. This being Golf Story. So, yes. Golf Story, yeah. So, Golf Story is like one of those, I think, indie darlings that came out like years ago that everybody talked about when it came out. Very much like the praise that we're seeing with Stray and like Untitled Goose Game. And um, yeah, it's just like this fun game, like an eight out of ten probably on like most sites. But a lot of people recommended it. And so I, I had purchased it, but like it was just sitting in that and it was just sitting there as like a game that Marissa and I could play. If she didn't get into it, then I would play it solo. Um, but we, we started playing it. And first thing I would say is the big worry is that like it's one of those games like it has a, um, you know, that that Zelda top down perspective, we'll say. And you're, you're moving around the world. It's very much a. Uh, an RPG, like a golf, a golf RPG in that way. So you're walking, you're talking to people. As you talk to people, you get side quests to the through them, which are basically like golf challenges where you have to you have to conquer the obstacle by playing golf in some way, by hitting a ball at it, by throwing a golf ball at it. Golfing comes into play with solving every issue in this world. Anyways, and so because of that, like there's there's a lot of dialogue and I was curious if that would get in the way of the gameplay, which would then get in, in the way of, um, you know, it being a good two-player experience. But it's actually a well-written game. It's uh, very, uh, there's a lot of personality. It's uh, it's actually a pretty funny game. Um, so the dialogue is actually good and it's pretty quick. Like it's only like a few bits of dialogue and then you're doing the challenge. Um, and it's very similar to if you ever played, you know, the, the Mario golf games in the past on like a, on a game boy or on even the, the console versions It's very similar in that way. Very, very simple gameplay controls, which is you have your, your power meter, you do that, you try to get it as far as you can. And then on the way back, you try to get it in this little space that then controls the accuracy. So actually it's even similar to if you played the Tiger Woods golf games on um, EA when, before he started cheating on his wife and all that shit. And, and they got rid of that. Um, and yeah. And so it's uh, very simple for a game to play for a person who doesn't really play video games. Um, and it actually ended up being really fun too, to play because it, it's, you know, there's, it could get annoying if you were to say be playing with a person who was a bad caddy. But in this case, like Marissa's a good caddy and I'm a good caddy to her is like, she'll be, so what we'll do is we'll trade off on holes. She'll play out a hole and then I'll take on the next hole. And we'll do that all the way through. Most of them are uh, nine holes. I haven't, I haven't gotten to an 18 hole yet. I'm not sure if that, if this game is going to have that, but yeah, mostly nine holes. So we're trading off hole for hole. And you know, like as we're coming up, you'll see the wind, you'll see the slope and it'll be like, mm, if I were you, I'd use this club. I would, I would, I would top the ball or I would hit under it so you can get a little more loft and then like gauge for the wind. And then you do that and you'll be right at the hole um, because you'll get a perfect bounce and things like that. And it ends up paying off like the little tweaks that we'll give to each other end up like making it better shots almost every time. So uh, it's um, actually a perfect game to play with uh, another person as long as like you're open to uh, 
to not criticism, but feedback. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, our input, I, I would say. And so, yeah, um, awesome game. We've been playing the shit out of it. There's actually a ton of content in it. Like uh, there's about, I think we've come across maybe six or we've come across six different courses at this point. And every time you get to a new course, there's a whole group of NPCs there. Um, and, you know, it's a video game. And as I said, it's a funny video game. So, you know, you'll, the first course is like run by this, basically like this gangster and they're doing everything shady on the course. There's like thugs all over the course that you come across. Then we go to another course and it's like a prehistoric course and there's an archaeologist and um, there's like dinosaur bones and shit like that. There's, there's tar, which is like um, that, which plays into like some of like the traps that you have to avoid or the hazards you have to avoid on the course, things like that. And um, what's cool too is, as I said, it's, it's an RPG. So uh, as you, complete um you know side quests main quests you'll get money the money serves as money but also experience which then you level up and every time you level up you get to choose if you're going to put your points into you know power spin um striking and things like that that go everything that goes into actually like hitting the ball and getting it to the to the hole in the best way possible uh and on top of that then you also get to buy new clubs and, and all the clubs have their own added benefits and boosts yes. um, yeah and then on top of that you get like um certain uh equipment or additions that um act as like specials in a way so one of the things is like focus you can use that a certain amount of times during the match and if you use the focus then it basically negates the wind on your shot and so then you have a more perfect shot you don't have to worry about how much wind is affecting um you know the course in the play so that that's that's good and so all these factors go into the gameplay which is awesome i'm, I'm really enjoying the it's not a heavy lean into RPG, but the RPG influence just gives that little bit more of uh, attention to detail when it comes to playing the game. And so simple, but yet um, specific. And I, I love that. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I highly recommend Golf Story if you played. I believe they put out a sports story after that, after Golf Story. So I will definitely be checking out that to see um, what they've done. And, you know, you could see the... Um, you could see how this could branch into not another golf game, but uh, a more generic sports games because there are all types of like challenges that involve you like running around the course and things like that, that have nothing to do with necessarily like swinging a club. Um, uh. And so I could see then that branching into, you know, other aspects and, you know, I can even like throw, like literally throw a golf ball and that comes into play with certain um, side quests. And so with that, like, you know, you, I could see them turning that into like throw this football <laughs> or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with sports story, but a dub, we got a ton of news, you know, we can hit anything. It's, it's been about four, it's been about four weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're not going to be going that far back, but you know, we no. could take it anywhere a dub so you can lead off. What, what would you like to hit us up with in the first topic of the week? Topic of the week. My first question is, do the different clubs have different effects? Yeah. So, um, so there's like certain clubs, like they'll have, it can hit farther, but it has more loft. And the thing with loft is that um, if it, if it has more loft, then it's more affected by the wind. Of course. So that could actually work into your favor because say the wind is going with you and you use a club that hits further and has more loft, then that's just going to add more distance to your shot. But 
that also comes into play if the wind is going against you and you have more loft then that power that extra power might get negated by the wind and so that's like things like that you have to keep in mind and then you know some will have more accuracy and um i'm trying to think of the other effects like you know like there's that that plus minus to certain clubs as well and so yeah they yeah they have like those effects in them and I, and the different clubs you can get are they have your your woods so that's like woods and drivers you have your wedges pitching wedge uh sand wedge you can switch those out um you have your irons and you have multiple versions of those that you can choose from and then putters as well you can choose multiple different putters to uh play with um yeah and even what's even cool is like so like with the archaeologist i did a side quest with him and i got a wedge it's like a digging wedge and through that yeah it there's i guess you know with zelda um there's light like i guess metroidvania aspects to it and once i got the digging wedge then i got the the opportunity now on different courses i might just come across a thing where i can just start digging and then i'll uncover like a buried treasure (laughs) within the ground oh wow yeah yeah exactly so there's there's just there's just a ton of fun uh to be explored within that world (laughs) do the different clubs look different when you use them uh no uh it's it's a very retro game in that and with that uh the clubs they all look very similar like there's there's not there's not a different they look different here i'll say this when when you pull up the golf bag the clubs look different but when you're swinging it looks generic <laughs> okay yeah but there's not a ton of detail like it as i said it's like it there it's a throwback to like nes snes style of game so there's not a ton of detail when it comes to like the club because it's really just like a pole with like a little club face on it it's a missed opportunity yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and in this first topic of the week top top topic, topic of, of the, the week we're gonna hit you with some of that Sean Murray. Mm. Gonna hit you with some of that Hello Games. Mm. Gonna hit you with some of that No Man's Sky 20th major free update. Mm. Gonna hit you with some of that endurance. You know, we here at Control Issues can go all night long, but nobody can hold the record down like Sean Murray, Hello Games, No Man's Sky. 20th free major update. That's right, free. 20. And yet, this one, it's all about frigates. So they provided us with a lot of screenshots. They gave us the customary trailer, breaking out everything that's going on. Frigates are getting massive improvements, as are some of the the environments that you might be used to and might think to yourself, gee, I wonder if they just put a little more love into this, what it would be like when you're about to find out. So the endurance update, that's already out. I got it downloaded, haven't tried it out because I do want to see what's going on. However, what's going on with the frigate, the frigates is number one in my favorite improvement. You'll be able to warp between your frigates and your, what is that? Like your capital ship, like instead of having to get in your smaller ship and travel to your frigate to go investigate what's going down with whatever, you know, malfunctions and, and, battle damage it sustained on the expeditions that you send it on. You can just work there. And like people are gonna be walking around, your crew is gonna be walking around on stuff. It's I mean, they're taking it to the next level. They also got a whole bunch of new building blocks and interiors for the capital ships themselves. So you can have things that are even more personalized and look more like 
the the proper rooms and stations that would be present within a capital ship. Like they got all new terminals and you know whole new shops and they got whole new whole new segments like things. They have the the vertical gardens and and like stuff growing on the ceiling so you can have your agricultural situation going on. They expanded how much you can build on them so you can have multi levels and hallways, different kinds of rooms. They've also given the capital ships their own cargo this time around. Uh, one of the reasons I never really got into using the capital ships was because you just didn't have a lot of space. Like it, You had a few individual tiles and each individual tile could store a lot of stuff, but you couldn't have a wide variety of stuff. So adding cargo and giving us the ability to upgrade it is a big bonus. Uh, they've made it easier for you to, you know, see what's going on with your fleet and allocate resources and dish out repairs as necessary. They've completely overhauled the, the garage where you have your ships. They've made it more interesting. They've also overhauled the bridge. So things just look a little more bridgey, as you might want to say. And to go a step further, they've also improved how they present the asteroids in space. So now there's going to be a lot more of them and they're going to look better. So there's no losses in that. AMC, I've been yammering on and on about all this stuff that's going on with No Man's Sky. You know, I could just speak volumes. Everywhere you look, this game has been touched and spruced up in some manner, way, shape, or form. Are you jumping back in or what? <laughs> you know... Everything I see in this game, like I was watching the, it was actually, you know, like we'll watch like certain like gameplays, like some I'll see, but this is one of those ones I was like, I'm gonna check this out now, right? When I saw it, when I was doing my research for this episode, and I was just checking it out, and it's just, fuck. Well, one, no, I'm not gonna be jumping in anytime soon. I got two. Uh, I have like, I have like ten games dub that I, I personally uh, haven't touched. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that is. I'm sure there's more. That's just yeah. the list. Um, and, and that's not even including like PS plus shit that I've just added to my library. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways. Um, yeah. So just checking it out and I was just like, fuck man, it looks so awesome. Well, just the, the detail of just the, what the frigate or the freighter as you're walking through it, seeing your, your crew as they're just doing their business and seeing all the different, you know, rooms within it. And they were saying that there's just like, you know, there's like, different like uh, viewpoints where you can just view like the landscape of space and like as you were saying yeah, different portholes and shit yeah with the different asteroids like looking through that seeing all those different looking asteroids now like in the asteroid belt of a planet um outside of your your freighter and then um yeah um just that that attention to i guess not detail but um those, those different aspects within the game like it's like the planet is its own like system and then getting on this ship now is its own system getting on a trade ship is its own system like and then getting like i don't know at a battle post or the fuck you could now like the settlements that's its own system and it's all just there and like could occupy like a couple of hours of gameplay if you wanted to be if you wanted to i'm just like focusing on building up those different like areas of the game and yeah there's just so much there um and that's why it's like it's always funny when uh when a game releases and people like have their initial reaction and 
especially when they don't let go of those initial reactions and they'll look at something and they'll just be like, oh, there's not enough, there's not a lot here. And it's like, just give it, just give it some time. Just give it some time. And mm-hmm. that's like the ultimate with this game is just like you look at this game now from where it was and just how they keep finding ways to, you know, add on it and add on it in ways that make sense. Like none of it's just um, you know, just you know if you were to reduce it like filler content like it's it's all there and it's all something that you want to interact with it's not like it's like oh like i never touched that like I, if i was playing this game i'd probably want to touch every aspect of it like um and so yeah seeing this one it's the additions look awesome and i can't imagine how good this game looks on a ps5 A-Dub, but yeah it's, it's just too much to play and when i get to it i'll be like 60 years old <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. They'll still be updating it, which would be the most awesome part. It'll have its 100th title update. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like No Man's Sky 6.0 by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I got there. Um, you have anything else before we move on to the next topic, Ado? Yeah, just a little bit more. I mean, you're going to be able to do more with your fleet. First of all, you're going to be able to scan planets from space instead of having to land on them to figure out what's going on. You're going to be able to grow food and manufacture items inside on the ship. I've seen uh, that they got a, they have an even bigger refiner. And, you know, it's, it's always nice to be able to refine more materials faster. It's, it's mm. just absolutely best. It's going to be a new expedition titled Pole Star. It's going to focus on a capital ship voyage. You know, they also improve the atmospherics, the nebula, the black holes. It's, <laughs> yeah yeah i'm trying not to exaggerate but it's just you don't see developers do this kind of work that often so it's always nice to see a developer not only just knocking it out the park with everything they add to their game but continuing to do so especially for free because you totally don't see that yeah well except true. for uh the developers of dying light they supported that for like a solid year that was substantial. Plus, they gave us the PS5 Enhanced Edition for free. Yeah, I, I was going to say it's like like a Stardew Valley or like one of those things where it's like they put it out and then the developer every now and then they just be like, I just made multiplayer uh, on uh, with on couch co-op, like as opposed to like it just it used to only be multiplayer through online. And then like just more and more details and just adding content, adding story. And yeah, that's, that's exactly what they're doing with No Man's Sky. It's um, it's a uh, when it happens, you have to appreciate it. I, I know people won't, but um, when you many see, will, many yeah. will, they'll be able to be vocal about it these days. Yeah, um, yeah, but seeing when when people want to discuss how like everything is just about like money and like cash grabs and yada 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 and developers and developers being greedy, um, you have to. It's good to have these examples to throw back at people and be like, well, what about this one? And what about this one? And what about? Uh, this one? I don't care about some trash indie game. It's not. It's not a triple A game. <laughs> it's like well, you keep going to the places that are set up in a way where they have to put profits over everything else. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're, you're if you went to one of those other people, then you might get the the quality handcrafted experience that you've been wanting to see wow. in these triple A big budget games. <laughs> budget you know about that next topic of the week topic, topic, topic of the week well i do have a big budget game a dub from a big budget big budget publisher um and you know what? it's within the the same vein of uh 
setting up setting up a platform and building from their a dub and this by way of skateboarding so we everybody's been clamoring they've been saying we want ea we want skate bring back skate where is skate we're hearing skates coming back skates coming back hell yeah well what are the details <laughs> with skate and yeah um outside of all the footage that has been leaking a dub we got some more details about skate um and so yeah EA and developer Full Circle have shared a video announcing, among other things, that their long-awaited skateboarding revival will be a free-to-play live service game. What? That being Skate A-Dub. Um, so here are the details. Full Circle now says the game isn't a sequel. It's not a remake. It ain't a reboot. It's not a prequel A-Dub. Instead, Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> instead, it's described as an authentic evolution of the series. Uh, Full Circle says the plan is to keep updating the game for years to come, giving players something they can regularly come back to and discover new things. That means a regular influx of new gameplay elements and tweaks, new content releases and events, and lots of seasonal drops. With Skate supporting full class, uh, not full class, supporting full cross play and cross progression across. Full class play. Full, <laughs> Get the rich people class. versus the poor people. Showing some class <laughs> and giving them full cross play. Um, cross progression across uh, PC and consoles at launch. There will be microtransactions that will serve as the means to support continuing development. But full circle says it's taking in it's, it's taking in the inspiration from its monetization model from games like Apex Legends, where spinning is mostly cosmetic uh, and convenience. So there it is, a dub. They're calling it Skate, not Skate Four, because this one is going to be the skate to end all skates because they will keep supporting it. And so yeah, as we were just is that why it's Skate dot. Yeah, <laughs> skate, skate. Period. <laughs> yeah, skate. Um, yeah, and as you were just discussing with No Man's Sky, a game that was put out and then they continued to add to it, um, we're seeing that this is the way that Full Circle and EA. This is the approach that they're going to take with Skate. And so, uh, what are your thoughts? I will say this to set it up. Surprisingly, been pretty positive from what I've been hearing um, in reaction to this. It's been about, uh, I would think, two weeks since this story came out. And so if there was a lot of negativity, I would have heard it by now. And it's actually been pretty positive for a game yeah. that's going from, you know, uh, you know simple multiplayer, but, you know, uh, different installments as opposed to just one, one big version of the game. And so what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, is, as long as the people who are looking for the game are satisfied with what's going on. And that's all that matters uh, for me personally, especially if I was to ever play it, just as long as it's as good or better than previous entries in the franchise, then that's a win for me because it'd be free as well. So, you know, it's, I can't pretend to know what's the best for a particular franchise. So if this is what they think is the evolution of what skate is to the world, then so be it. Uh, all I know is everybody's getting a new skating game. People have been looking forward to it. Here it is. Yeah, I'm good. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, one, if people are happy, that's all that matters. One, I, I'm happy to, two, I'm happy to hear that people are okay with the game. So it's not this, you know, there was this period of time where if anything was announced live service or just uh, service or continued support, People would just start rolling their eyes. They would have issues with it. So it shows a little bit of, um, 
growth within the community, I would say, in that they're they're at least letting this one develop a little bit more as opposed to immediately reacting negatively. And it makes sense too, um, coming from the idea that it's just about like, you know, having different, I guess, decks and different apparel to wear within the game and none of them actually affecting uh, gameplay in from, from a, you know, an RPG expected uh, perspective. And so, um, yeah, it makes sense. And, um, and yeah, as long as, the foundation of what they have is there then they just continue to add courses and ramps and shit like that and different skate parks and this game just end up being like huge in a way that like um we saw with gta i believe skate uh, i played i owned actually one of the skates in the past i don't remember which one but i owned it and yeah it was like open world and so yeah if they want to have this open setting uh similar to you know gta in that like you just have a world where you can just do whatever you want as far as like skating and hitting rails and combo and tricks and looking at certain areas and seeing how you can, you know, utilize all of it to get the highest score possible in one uh, sequence of, um, I guess, moves. Uh, yeah. I think this is a good approach to it. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's, you'd wonder if this is how they would eventually handle Madden um, just have it since like, you know, there had been this, this period of time where people are just complaining about like, you know, they're, they're not really improving each Madden. They're just putting out, you know, one that's slightly better than the other one. And we pay for it every year. And, you know, if anything, due to the fact that people will buy it everywhere, that's what's going to keep them from doing something like this. But it is something that, you know, developers could consider when it comes to, you know, those annual sports franchises, just putting it out and then just supporting one version of it from here on out. Um, and then like, you know, making their money through, you know, through those microtransactions and seasonal events that they could do with the, uh, with the, with the platform. And so, yeah, if this works out, maybe it's something that, um, you know, is sports adjacent, uh, being that <laughs> skateboarding is in the Olympics now. <laughs> yeah. And so we'll see if this is something that if it, you know, if it ends up like, you know, just printing money, if it's something that EA would look to do with some of their other franchises. But that's all I got for this one, A-Dub. You want to get into the next topic of the week? Top topic of the week? Well, this one's in a similar vein as that one. Soul Frame is the next-gen game, excuse me, not next-gen. Soul Frame is the next game from Warframe's Digital Extremes, and it's inspired by Princess Woman, okay. Yeah, so you heard right. The makers of Warcraft, not Warcraft, Warframe, are making a game called Soul Frame. Obviously, it's paying direct homage to the Souls games and also to Studio Ghibli, Princess Woman, okay. Uh, yeah, so... All we've really gotten so far is a CG trailer for this game, and I forgot to bring it up during the pre-show, so AMC may not have seen this. Have you had a chance to look at Soul Frame at all? I haven't looked at it. I've, only, I've heard the stories, but uh, keep going. Yes. So this game, it looks to be the, the fantasy mirror image of Warframe, and from what we saw in the trailer, it looks like it's going to have some very interesting action. I mean, it definitely has... A, unique art direction with what it's doing with his characters, his face mask and kind of like Japanese uh, or Asian inspired like straw hats and stuff. But you know, they're, they're knights and, you know, and flowing ribbons. <laughs> it's all over the place. It looks visually pretty stunning. Uh, let me see now. So the game is in early development. It's 
being led by Steve Sinclair. He was the director of Warframe, and he stepped down for the purpose of being able to take on this project. Uh, it's heavily influenced by themes of nature, restoration, and exploration. So take that as you want. If you saw the CG trailer, you see it's like it, the area is very natural and you know where you've come to know Warframe is like this alien and kind of machine kind of environment. So now you're dealing with something that's more natural and alive in that sense. So looking forward to seeing what's going on with Soulframe. Also looking forward to what's seeing what's going on AMC. I'm a little tongue-tied these days for some reason, so I'm sitting here sipping my water. We're trying to see what the AMC is thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, everything I heard about it um, sounded good. At, you know, switching up to the melee and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, that's yeah, I love when they're taking inspiration from Princess Mononoke because that is one of the all-time classics. If you missed out on that creation, that that movie. Um, but yeah, uh, I. I did, I've never played Warframe, but I know that at least at every E3, Warframe showed up. It's one of those things that it's why, I don't know, whenever I hear people, you know, one of the things that people will go with when they're trying to criticize a game uh, is that like, oh, I don't hear anybody talking about this. <laughs> As in, that means like nobody's playing it. The thing is, I never hear anybody talk about Warframe, and yet Warframe has been out forever. <laughs> like, at least like, it seems like over a decade, Warframe has been showing up at what used to be E3 or whatever, and then are at conferences in some way in a third-party capacity, um, and usually around like Sony or so. And they're always, they, they got that Warframe update. It's like, um, what is it like? World of Tanks. It's like one of those things that just, it exists out there. I'm sure it has millions of players. Nobody talks about it. And yet it's like just making all the money in the world. And oh, yeah, and, yeah. And that's, it's once again, it's like games like that that I would point to when, when people say that, like, oh, I don't hear anybody talking about this as if that's an indictment on, like, whether or not people are actually engaging with a product. Um, yeah, you can always point to one of these games and be like, nobody's talking about that thing. And it's probably fucking huge. Um, and so, yeah, uh, being that they were able to do so well with Warframe, I feel like that's um, you got to imagine that they're going to do well with this. Um, I will have to check it out to see how some of the gameplay looks. You said it looked good, right? Um, it looks amazing. Yeah. yeah, just to just to build on on the details, uh, Sinclair notes that where Warframe is focused on shooting, this one is focused on melee. Uh, where Warframe is super fast and crazy high speed, this one's going to be a lot more slow and heavy, but it still has lots of similarities to the genre that we have experienced. So do you think like this is a game that's going to be kind of like like what Godfall was trying to do? <laughs> Ah, that's an interesting question. Because, that, I mean, it depends on, well, shit. I mean, Warframe was pretty damn cinematic with its action. Mm -hmm. So if this is as or more cinematic than that, and they're doing slow, heavy melee with magic. Damn. Yeah, just might out like, Godfall, Godfall, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was like, Godfall came out, and, you know, it was one of those things that, like, in, um, like I, I saw it for some reason. It was one of those things I was just like, Maybe it was like the developer. I didn't know much about them, but you know, I just saw the game and I wasn't immediately pulled in. But you know, like knowing with like Warframe and its popularity and how it's done over the years, and just like it, it automatically gives credibility to this game. And so I just wonder on that name recognition alone, if people will then give this one more of a shot and if this game will actually 
do well. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see once this game releases, like the reception to that, because yeah, this is like, this is a world that's been like just building up this, this melee that like souls like set up and now is like, you know, the clones and all that have come and like other games, you know, t- taking their influences from it. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with this souls frame. Game, soul yeah, frame. I, yeah. I believe uh, the, de- the developer also noted that they are indeed inspired by Elden Ring. So this is totally going to be one of the first games that of, of the Elden Ring generation of games. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be interesting, but yeah, they go on to know uh, the conceit in soul frame is that the world itself is a little angry about what's been done to it and the grounds underneath tend to shift throughout the day. So there's going to be procedural proceduralism within the cave networks and crevasses and so on underneath the world. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen underground. This is because the, it, the game is all about the collision between industry and nature in service of that the world will show its displeasure toward players who occupy. So, yeah, man. It... Like you wonder if it's gonna be what Godfall was supposed to be. I think Soul Frame is gonna end up being something wholly unique, just by the virtue of its art style alone. Like it doesn't look like anything else, and it looks and it looks like it takes no influence from anything else. Granted, I've only seen Princess Mononoke like one solid time, so maybe I should watch that again. But I didn't even see that kind of visual influence, other than like the one scene where it's a giant wolf walking around. It's like, oh, okay, I see it. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, it's, it's exciting. You know, they've done Warframe for, like you said, a decade. So they've had plenty of time to work on something and keep pumping all that sweet microtransaction money into it for as long as they wanted to. Like that's, And this is also going to help be an example of what happens when it's time to spend the money. Because like they're it's not all getting cut up and distributed to the owners of the company and the people who have a, a, you know, an invested interest in it, but it's also going back into the company and its products. So if they really hit it out of the park with this, then, you know, that kind of justifies microtransactions. <laughs> you, can't argue, you can't argue with it, but you know, we'll see what happens by large, whatever the case Warframe already looked like a pretty good game. I know a lot of people whose opinions I value that played Warframe and they they enjoyed it. So if they enjoyed it, it must be something good. It didn't really hook me in. I never tried it. And that's what I mean. Like it didn't, I didn't even give it that energy. So Soulframe looks like something I could give some energy to. However, I would need to see some gameplay. Let the wait begin. AMC, we got the next topic of the week. Top, topic, topic of the, of the week. week. Uh, let's get into the June NPDA dub. Day, 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 day. day. So we have the top 20 best selling games of the month of June in the United States solo. Uh, let's go. Top 20. Number one, a dub. Oh, back at that top of the list. Actually, back. never, never left, actually. Uh, number one, surprise, surprise. Best-selling game of the year. <laughs> the game that will probably win game of the year. Elden Ring. Number two, A-Dub. Still holding on to that number two spot. Lego from Star- that number two spot. <laughs> Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Number three, we have a new game for June. Making its way onto the list. Mario Strikers Battle League. 
There we go. In case you want to play Mario and you want to play a little bit of that soccer, we got Battle League for you. Number four, MLB The Show 22. I thought nobody was buying it. Will be now that it was on Game Pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, surprise, surprise, a dub. This is this game came out in I believe 2016 and made its way back onto the list at the number five slot. That game being Overwatch. Number six. Oh yeah. Oh so oh it's it's gonna replace the original game. Oh. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> now, people, now people buy it and try to get that free upgrade. I see how it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, number six, Mario Kart 8. Number seven, Nintendo Switch Sports. Number eight, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Number nine, Final Fantasy VII Remake. People jumping back into that. It was, yep, it was, got that part two coming. Uh, it was 159 last month. <laughs> so, uh, or the, uh yeah uh, in may it was uh 159 and jumped 159 yeah and it jumped up to nine <laughs> in over in one month I, mean, uh, dude, I would love to see mpd results like even these rankings laid out as a graph yeah <laughs> because that will show that'll show you a reflection of the brain waves of the collective gaming community you can mm-hmm. compare that to what people are saying online it's like guys aren't matching up here yeah and also too it's like you know it just shows like how 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 few people are affected with certain things so like you know what final fantasy remake it came out for free on ps plus but it was only available on ps4 initially when when it was available for free and there was a whole uproar over that eventually it did um people did gain access to the ps5 version who had um you know redeemed that ps4 version through ps plus um and you know all those people make a stink and then yet like this game is still selling and so you so you, you see how the people who are upset about that that's a very collective few uh, uh amount of gamers as opposed to like the overall gaming community and so you see like they announce part two and then everybody else shows up and starts buying this game let's see number 10 minecraft 11 call of duty vanguard 12 f1 22 13 oh, that's a new game by the way f1 13 monster hunter rise 14 demon slayer i'm not going to read the rest of that title uh, japanese ain't it? yeah exactly. <laughs> kometsu no yaibu oh but this is why people <laughs> don't support japanese games because they don't ever hear about them <laughs> let's see super smash brothers ultimate I uh, got another new game, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. Oh, we got that 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 Fire Emblem Dynasty Warriors game. Uh, we got another new game, a controversial game, Sonic Origins. They didn't put out the game that I that I meant to put out. Uh, let's see, eighteen Pokemon Legends Arceus, nineteen another new game, The Quarry, the game that everybody jumped on because nothing is coming out apparently. And then the final game, number twenty. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales just just still right. selling. All right, still moving. So we got a couple details here. A dub, June uh, 2022, consumer spending across video game hardware, content, and accessories fell 11% when compared to a year ago. Growth in subscription spending could not offset offset declines in other areas of content spending, while hardware and accessory spending also dropped. So we see right there people getting into subscriptions, but 
or sales scene drops and everything else. Uh, the PlayStation 5 generated the highest dollar sales among all platforms, both in June and in the first half of 2022. Uh-oh. And the Nintendo Switch led in bo- uh, both in unit sales. So more units Uh-oh. of Switch move in, but PlayStation bringing in all that cash. Let's, let's see here. Uh, June 2022, NPD. Um Oh yeah, the best. We'll do top ten best-selling games of 2022 so far. Number one, Elden Ring. Two, Lego Spider-Man. Three, Pokemon Arceus. Four, Horizon Two: Forbidden West. What? Five, MLB The Show. Six, Call of Duty Vanguard. Seven, Gran Turismo. Seven, eight, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Nine, Mario Kart Eight, because it's always gonna sell. And in ten, Madden NFL 22. Um. Let's do top five of each individual console. Each individual console. Nintendo, one, Mario Strikers Battle League, Mario Kart 8, Nintendo Switch Sports, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and five, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Top five of PlayStation, number one, Elden Ring, MLB The Show 22, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and number five, Horizon 2, Forbidden West and for yes. Xbox number one Elden Ring Lego Star Wars the Skywalker Saga Overwatch uh, F122 and number five Call of Duty Vanguard so um, did Overwatch just sell a bunch on one console <laughs> I know I mean, and on Xbox like for some reason everybody's jumping maybe because uh, you know like, they own Activision now yeah they own Activision so now like all the fanboys are like oh we love everything that Blizzard puts out <laughs> So Overwatch is doubling its sales overnight. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna see. Uh, maybe we'll see Diablo just like you know, just sell its its face out on Xbox when it comes out. Immortal <laughs> yeah, starts pulling in a billion dollars a month. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, not much there. Uh, we do see that subscriptions are still you know climbing as far as like growth within you know the industry. Um, it is interesting to see how that will impact, you know, sales in the future or not sales, but income for the industry, at least with Microsoft and PlayStation, uh, as far as like, you know, if consumer spending say goes down for individual video games, if like, you'll see what stocks, there's a lot of rotation from, you know, tech stocks, the riskier growth stocks, and people are, you know, rotating into the value stocks. Um, it'll be, I wonder if like gamers will view subscriptions, um, you know, with Game Pass and now with um, PlayStation Plus Essential or whatever they're calling it, uh, if they'll view that as the value play and people will rotate there in, in, in tough times. <laughs> but then also it kind of works out for Sony and Microsoft in that, you know, it's a consistent income from the community Um even when during times of when they're not putting out, you know, first party titles, they know that they'll still have money coming in from those subscriptions. So um, something to keep an eye out moving forward. You got anything else or do you want to speak on that? We can move on to the next topic of the week. Horizon still in that top five best selling games of the year. Who's buying it? Who's buying it? I thought, I thought nobody wanted this game, eh, Doug? Yeah, I'm seeing people <laughs> on the internet saying that all the Horizon bundles are still available. It's like, all right, well, people are voting with the dollars. It's still selling. <laughs> Every time you try to make it look bad, you make it look better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> selling. It's absolutely gorgeous. Tons of content, replayability. 
who yeah. would have won it. Mm. But you were saying, sir. Uh, what you got in the next topic of the week? T- topic of the week. Well, I mean, that's more of a quick hit. That's more of a I'll touch on it later. Uh, Let's get into this. Let's get into some bad news. Mm. This is for all you Ubisoft fans out there, all seven of you. Ubisoft has officially stopped development on Ghost Recon Frontline. So to go in a little more detail, according to Rebecca Valentine from IGN, uh, not only is Ubisoft delaying Avatar Frontiers of Pandora and another unannounced game, but it's also apparently flat out canceling four whole titles in an attempt to cut costs and focus on its bigger names. Among those canceled games are both Ghost Recon Frontline and Splinter Cell VR, the two most highly anticipated games of the coming years. AMC, how do you feel about this information? Um, I mean, they have the data. If people are playing it, <laughs> then I imagine that they would keep it up. It is what it is. I think uh, I heard like, I don't know if you had any one of your topics, but I heard the same thing with, uh, actually we were just talking about them. Gorilla, they'll be shutting down. Was it Shadowfall? <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Um, People I mean, online trying to organize kills on nights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe suddenly if we find out there's a bunch of kill zone vans out there and we get kill zone back. Who knows? But yeah. um, it, it happens. You put out something, People play it for a while and then they stop playing it and then yeah and then you move and then you, you shut down the online services. So yeah, I'm I'm I have no issues issue with this. Um, I know there's always somebody who'll be up in arms over it, but um, games preservation, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah I have no issue with this. Uh, that's all I got to say with that story. I mean, if, I what, what do you think about this story? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think anything. It's the yeah. natural life and death cycle of games. Some of them, some of them, you know, they they make it out. They, they become something greater than they could have ever imagined. Others don't get that chance. And these are just more examples of that growing pile of titles that we'll never get to experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, to build on the story, it says Frontline's cancellation is a bit surprising. The game wasn't even out yet. Uh, it was first announced in October as free-to-play Battle Royale spinoff with 102 players. Uh, the reception was fairly negative, and a planned closed test of the game was indefinitely postponed. Now we're not going to see it again. <laughs> so I hate to giggle, but I mean, it's it's all part of life. I'm used to it at this point. Like, games, we're never going to play every game that everyone wanted to make. We're never going to be able to play every game that we want to play. You just can't do it all. And if you try, you're just going to miss the value of the ones that you really do enjoy. So just enjoy your games yeah. the way you want to enjoy them. Take your time. <laughs> I mean, also, <laughs> I would say also, too, is like there are, you know, there are just millions, <laughs> like, like, a, like just there's so many games out there that like, when one gets like shut down or, or or delisted for a certain period of time, it's it's all right. It's it's all right, people. It's all right, folks. <laughs> but like everybody's like, every game has to exist like on the store. Once it's there, you can never take it down. Yeah. Even if like there, even if like a license, like um, you know, a license contract runs out, <laughs> a trademark runs out, yada yada yada. Somehow like it's up to the developer to always 
pay that cost and make sure that that game is always available to the public at large. You yeah, figure I mean, it out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I, I, it is what it is, but uh, I think it's not that big of a deal, personally. Um, I wonder what the one game might be that the most people would be like, I can't believe this isn't on the internet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you if GTA Five just disappeared, do you think it would just be an unending wave of just the most vile and cruel hate speech of all time. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, especially if, if GTA Online went down, I think people would be up in arms. Like, <laughs> like, copy, like copyright issues. Like, yeah. oh, we, we gotta take it down. <laughs> we gotta take it down. It's like, <laughs> and, and, and like, I would even get that one a little bit more and I mean, you, you take the chance, but like, if you spent like, like thousands of dollars in, in shark shark cards, <laughs> and it's like the thing suddenly went down. But as I said, I'm sure they're not taking it down unless people aren't engaging with the product, at least in a meaningful way that would that would deem it worthy of keeping you know that thing going. And so yeah, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, definitely GTA, just because everybody plays that. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine like what else like could possibly be there. Um, it'd be interesting to see what would happen if like Elden Ring suddenly took off its like online. Like, I wonder how many people actually play online in that game. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I mean, um, oh, a lot of a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, that would be that would be one. But I don't know. It, it seems like whenever they do this, is either a game that never you know never got off the ground or it's a game that has been out for like a decade and then they're like you know we're we're done with this <laughs> and it's like and it's on like an old console that nobody touches anymore like a ps3 game so yeah it is what it is um people, how and, dare and, they and there's always gonna be somebody that's upset and uh, the other thing that i always see too is that as as upset as they are with the developer somebody eventually comes along and they they'll mod it or they'll they'll recreate it a version of it and then people will play it in that way until and they'll emulate it until the developer revisits that game and puts out an official puts out the game in an official capacity and then everybody will be able to jump onto that version did so, you did you hear that you could play doom inside of doom yeah i did hear that <laughs> that's not like a screenshot <laughs> I did see uh who was it? John John Romero is uh putting out he's he he start he opened a studio and he's working on a new game. Yes. So, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um you know what this one, this this is kind of a quick hit. I we, we do have other stories, but um this oh, will yes. roll into an older story that came out earlier in the month. Um that being so Sucker Punch announced that um the Samurai Smash hit Ghost of Tsushima has surpassed 9.73 million copies. Almost sold, there. Sold in two years since its launch. And um, I imagine, yeah, the PC version is going to just, you know, take it to another level. Um, but it, yeah, making it one of Sony's strongest selling first party releases. Um, so two things there, A-Dub. We're seeing that, you know, Ghost of Tsushima killing it almost at 10 million already within, as they said, two years. Um, as an exclusive. As an exclusive. Uh, we're going to get a movie. You, you got to imagine that there's a Ghost of Tsushima 2. But 
this story, you know, coming up off of, you know, some possible bad news that we heard in early July. That being that Sucker Punch had announced that um, they are not currently and have no plans at the moment to be working on a new infamous and the highly the highly demanded Sly, Sly Cooper franchise, but they're yeah. not working on any version of that game, and no other studios are working on um, you know an infamous game at the moment. Um, so yeah, I know that's a game that you loved. Um, so any thoughts on speak on the sales of Ghost of Tsushima and you know the the turning a blind eye to uh, infamous at least for the moment. Well, I'll start with the infamous because that's just my franchise. That's That was the game that was made for me. But yeah, Infamous, that's whatever. They gave me what? Infamous 1, 2, Second Son, First Light. And then I think there was like Vampire Masquerade or something. Not yeah. Vampire Masquerade, but like <laughs> ha- Halloween Horror Nights. Something, yeah, yeah. Some, <laughs> some kind of like macabre, dark kind of content that I never played. Uh-huh. So there was that. Two was a significant improvement over one. Uh, Second Son was, it, it was an improvement in many ways, kind of a backstep in others. It was a visual showcase, absolute knockout, first light, excellent use of my homegirl, Fetch. She was mm-hmm. killing it. She's the best. Um, but yeah, that doesn't bother me. It's, it's whatever. They, they gave me what I needed. It would be great if they ever do come back to Infamous. It's not as if they said that we will never work on Infamous again, and if you ever play it, we'll break your console. Like they just said that there is no no plans for Infamous or Sly Cooper at this point in time. That means that at a different point in time, things might change. But yeah, looking forward to what they got next. Insofar as the sales, I, I kind of want to piggyback on what you said about it, getting a, a little boost once that PC version comes. I'm looking forward to the mods on the PC version. I want to see who's putting in the best Afro Samurai. I want to see who's putting in the best Samurai Shampoo. I mean, if you can mod, if you can mod Elden Ring to have every enemy be millennia, then I want to see, <laughs> I want to see a Samurai Shampoo where every enemy is the Samurai Samurai. Yes. <laughs> no, that, that'd be too much. That'd be way worse than but damn, like somebody could really go off with that engine using those assets. Like, have you seen what they did with the, the Homer Simpson and Flanders in God of War? No. <laughs> I'll look at that up right now. <laughs> yeah, and Flanders is balder. But it they even replaced the dialogue. So it's Simpsons dialogue. <laughs> and, they're, and they're just, they're beefing. And Flanders is getting that. <laughs> and Homer's right back. It looks incredible. I absolutely love it. But yeah, man, it's like I wanna I wanna see what they're making next. I wanna see what the what people do with this PC version. I mean, you know they're gonna put Carl Johnson in it just because. And you also know that they're gonna put all the just great summaries in there. Somebody's gonna put Neo in there. Somebody's gonna put <laughs> all the great summaries gonna put Neo in there. Put Sasha Miyamoto in there, put Cloud put Cloud in there. <laughs> I can't wait for this shit. They, they're definitely going to put Ryan in there from uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Homer is fucking shit up with this baseball bat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot they changed that asset, too. Yeah. Oh, dude, who's um, who's the trace again? Is it Bart? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course it is. Boring. <laughs> Are you kidding in it too? Smack yeah. Flanders with the uh with the with the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how great these fight scenes were in God of War. Oh. Man, if they put Goku and Vegeta in that oh, that'd be great. But damn, you put who else could you put in? Fucking Oh man, I know some some dope summer, right? Like dang, you could put you put Snake Eyes in there, put Samurai Jack in there, somebody's gonna put Samurai Jack in there. There's so much you could do. I mean, mm-hmm. I can sit here and mull over it all I want to, but yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm happy for Sucker Punch. They they found something that has catapulted them to the next level of their creative capabilities and you know, looking forward to going along that journey and also seeing what they're going to do next when they do something next. So yeah, looking forward to what is more than likely the sequel to Ghost of Tsushima. AMC, anything else on this? Uh, nothing else. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Got the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Yeah, my mouse disconnected for a hot second, but I'm back. So let's see. We got a, a, a was it a leak or was this an official? No, Naughty Dog put out an official video or maybe, I don't know. But there's a video circulating, giving us a little more insight into exactly what we're getting with the remake of The Last of Us. Are you talking about what we, what we watched in the pre-show? Yes. No, that was official. Okay, yeah, it's official because it's just it's, it shouldn't have paid us that right, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But you guys know the last of us remake was officially announced. We got to see some cinematic trailers, we got to hear people belly bitching all day long about how different tests looks, about how much worse the game looks, about how they're they're breaking <laughs> they're making promises they can't keep, <laughs> they're never gonna fix this though. And then we got a, a brand new video official video detailing exactly what kind of work is going into making this a worthy remake and exactly what that effect is going to be on the end product. So for starters, getting a bunch of new content, not in the way of like an extra chapter or an extra season or, you know, DLC or anything like that, but in the form of a new permadeath mode, we get a speed run mode where players can time their runs. You get an unlockable costumes for Joel and Ellie. In the video, they cycle through quite a number of different shirts and other articles, I believe. I don't know, they went through it pretty fast, so you have to check it out for yourself and see what's really going on. Uh, there's going to be an enhanced photo mode. There will also be a model view mode. These all look pretty dope because with the graphical enhancements that are going into this remake, it's on the same level, probably a slightly higher level as two, I don't know. But it benefits the game in a number of ways. It, just, it makes the scenes more lifelike, especially since like the motion capture data is just so much more rich and closer to the source material. We were watching the video and they're showing the mocap actors during the scene, right next to what the scene looks like in the game. It's almost identical down to the the facial expressions and even the expressions in their eyes are eerily similar. So, you know, they're going to be using the same models in the cutscenes in the game. So you're going to get those seamless transitions. You know, it's not going to suddenly turn it into a one shot God of War type experience, but it's going to get you a little bit closer because it's just rich in that gap. 
bit by a little bit. Uh, you're also going to be getting some AI improvements. Enemies are going to be making better decisions. They're going to be taking better gambles. They're coming to get that ass. But at the same token, the buddies have also gotten their improved AI. They can not only get a sense of what what the field of vision for an enemy is, but they can also slightly predict what the field of vision of an enemy is going to be. So they'll do a better job of staying out of sight instead of the age-old solution of just making it visible. <laughs> it was something a lot of people complained about, yet it's not something a lot of people were celebrating when Naughty Dog confirmed that this is what they were doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was like the primary complaint of the original game. And, and nobody's... Nobody's coming back to, to eat any words. So I don't know what that's about. But I will tell you a little bit more about the game. They're also increasing the, the quality of their physics with the game because with the hardware resources that they now have at their disposal, they're able to have a lot more physics objects on screen at the same time. So now in the game, when things are thrown, impacts or blasts or shock waves or you know you, just anything anything that breaks or moves like the environment itself is reacting to the action so you're getting the kind of responses and feedback that you'd expect in a highly charged action scene in one particular part of the video Joel throws a grenade through a window when it explodes all the already broken shards of the window that are still in the sills blast outward, like rotating, bouncing off of things, bouncing off of one another. So it, it takes it to the next level. It was a level of detail that was in The Last of Us Part Two that really helped sell that along with their just lifelike and beautiful animations. So yeah, AI is going to be better. You're going to have much improved graphics. You're going to have haptics on haptics on haptics they're really going nuts with it you know you're going to get a, a vibration when you take a shot but if you got a shotgun you're also going to get a haptic response when you when you cock it back and load another round so you get that haptic haptic <laughs> bow haptic haptic bow haptic haptic yeah i'm kind of excited for that i think man it'd be awesome if like red dead had that to take their whole thing to a whole that's another discussion. AMC, with everything that's going on with the remake for The Last of Us Part 1, as it is now being called, you think you're going to triple dip? Did you double dip? No, no. Actually, um, I waited for the remastered um, Last of Us on the PS4. Um, oh, so, just yeah. like a dove, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I only, I, I only played it one time, and it was absolutely phenomenal um yeah you know it's one of those things on a personal like i have no issues with this it's just um i haven't had a strong desire to revisit you know just that universe um i definitely will be watching the show but you know last of us last of us 2 came out and for some reason i just didn't have like a desire to play it and this one i see it it looks awesome and it's just taking me back to everything i loved about last of us but um yeah there's not like a strong personal desire to play it um that's just on a personal level but objectively uh just watching it looked fucking awesome um at least that everything that they explained um and yeah he ended up in uh was it neil Druckmann ended up by saying like this is like the definitive version of the last of us um part one and 
I, you can definitely say that, like <laughs> looking at this, like they, they've done so much. They've updated all the right things. Um, it looks like, um, depending who you talk to and, uh, it, yeah, it looks like a vast improvement. I know like when they first showed the screenshots, some, I, I remember hearing like people saying like somehow it looks worse <laughs> than like, <laughs> the remastered version that released on a base PS4 within, what was it the first year that the PS4 came out? Um, and first year yeah, that the game came out. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like, um, yeah, that's, that's, I find it very hard to believe. And then once they started showing the, the comparisons, it was like, oh no, 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 this is completely different. And then just all those little details with like the, the different, character model animations as like they're if they're being pushed like at a certain pace or if they're coming up to an object or turning a corner and taking into account all those little details that are influenced by you know the gamer and how like you control those sticks <laughs> uh it will control like the at least like how the character is moving through the world mm-hmm. um and just all those little attentions to detail that um are there for this one I, it definitely for me I mean, we can, we'll get there, but, um, justifies like, you know, the remake, um, and, or the, yeah, the remake, this version of it. And like, especially with like the show coming out and everything. And yeah, if I were to get that itch to go back to play the last of us part one, I definitely wouldn't be going back and playing remastered or damn sure wouldn't be going back and playing the PS3 version of the game. And so, yeah, this would be (laughs) the version that I would be going, going back and playing. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it's available. Anybody who hasn't played this game, because we all forget people have been born within the eight to nine years since the last of us originally came out. And so this will be their first experience of that game. And it will be on the PS five with dual sense and have the feedback and all that shit. Um, and so, yeah, they'll be getting an incredible experience. So once again, like, um, there are two sides of like, the coin when it comes to like the gaming industry and we have that story earlier where you know like certain services are getting shut down with games um and people are like oh like as you said they won't be able to experience you know as it was at a certain point but then there's also this side of the coin where it's if you wait you could play in essence a completely better version of a game like mm-hmm. that is one thing i've also heard from people is like there is a bit of a payoff to not play certain games day one, because if you wait, you get like, you'll get that update with like the performance update or whatever, and you'll get that version of the game as opposed to the version that launched. And so, yeah, there is something to, um, yeah, there is an enjoyment of playing a game when it comes out and being a part of that dialogue. But if you are willing to wait, you could play a better version one that has one received a bunch of patches and fixes but also performance updates and things along those lines as like they're made available and so yeah um yeah this is going to be the definitive version and if i eventually get that itch to play it i am definitely looking forward to playing this game because they definitely put in a ton of updates there that are definitely worth um worth uh experiencing and i know for me i'm definitely like a geek when it comes like I do notice it, but I'm not like all over it, like as I'm playing a game. But I love hearing about DualSense <laughs> and like all that shit that they like, all those little details that they put into it. And I, I would love to play it just to feel how the controller reacts as I'm cocking a shotgun. Cause that is one of those things from when I was a kid, when I watched like those action movies, is just 
shotgun sequences in every video game i was all about the shotgun um max Payne, all about the shotgun um, Absolutely. yeah and then like having you know there there are certain games where i'll have like you know that was it that assault shotgun or whatever where it's like an automatic shotgun clip. <laughs> yeah uh and that's fun but i've always just been a fan of like cocking it and so yeah i i, I want to know what that feels like and so maybe that will be a reason enough for me to to get this uh, sooner than later but um yeah loved hearing about every little thing that they have here but a hey, dub i know you got a little more details about this game <laughs> yeah, I, I, got some, I got some some user input. Yeah, now we can about this game. I got some people who don't think it's worth <laughs> worth the money, <laughs> worth the time. Mm-hmm. See, but then there are just people who it it doesn't matter. Like they like to play chicken with that whole waiting out a game for the better version kind of thing because they don't just want the best version of the game. They want the cheapest version of the game. They want they want it to go less than $20 or they want it to be free on plus. <laughs> and and they'll just, they'll just wait it out and then it gets removed and it's like, oh, I didn't get a chance to get it for free. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this game definitely would have been on plus at some point. But yeah, these trolls, they, they come in sideways. They ain't got nothing nice to say about the remake. We got <laughs> troll of the week. Chill a little week. Chill a little week. Chill a little week. Week, 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 week. First, Chill says, This game is worth playing if you have not before. But I can't believe Sony is forgiven for removing the multiplayer and then charging $70. That's pretty anti gamer in my book. <laughs> Speak on it, Ado. <laughs> Set them straight. Why, why is this not an issue? the multiplayer was for the original like it would have been dope if they brought it back but it's a remake like we're lucky that we got the same game because people want to bitch about the remake of final fantasy 7 like oh they changed stuff remake the last of us oh they didn't change anything it's hilarious even though they're they're changing the stuff that matters with the remake the things that you want to change that's why the, the dead space remake is probably going to be Remo material. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just it's it falls back to the age-old statements of the young scholar by the name of the AMC, who always quotes, and I'm just paraphrasing. But people, when you take out when you take out the multiplayer mode, or when there's no multiplayer, they want to act like they're losing value. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Something right. like that. I'm, I'm sure yeah, I just yeah, pushing yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, and it's every it's Last of Us Two. It was like, oh, Last of Us One had multiplayer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're working on a standalone <laughs> multiplayer game. And, and keep so, in mind that was that was that was sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah. And people were complaining about the value. <laughs> but you know what? People really did love factions, and when there wasn't a multiplayer mode for the Last of Us Part Two, people were rightfully upset. So. I just don't see like where that leap is where you expect the remake of The Last of Us to get multiplayer when they're working on multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, and that's the but thing with know. me is like you could you could say, well, they added in all this extra stuff, which I would point to as like um when people are always complaining about like, oh, like multiplayer, why is everything got multiplayer? They put in all this content that's more focused on single player. 
which is what people I thought wanted, which is the uh, the option to have permadeath, um, the speed running. So now you can mm-hmm. you can you can race against other people. I'm sure race against yourself. Yeah, I'm sure. How dope would it be if there was a ghost when you a got ghost, a successful a run? Yeah, like you're racing against Ghost Joel. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure there has to be some speed running software that has a ghost in it. Yeah, it's like the, um, I don't know if you ever played, uh, I, I think you turn it off, but the Elden Ring uh, online, and you could see like other people's ghosts like fighting yeah. <laughs> in the area. It'd be like that. Like you just see like a, a, a ghost like Joel, like slamming somebody's head into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Stabbing somebody in the throat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Once again, they put in all. So they put in all these, all the single player content, like modes, more collectibles, things like that. That is all gener- all oriented around single player, which is what I thought people wanted. But now people want multiplayer. And then, as you said, once again, they're focused on a full fledged, not even like uh, you know, a quote unquote tacked on multiplayer experience, a full fledged multiplayer experience. Something that, like in essence, should be better than what you would expect from factions um but yet people want the uh what the lesser thing <laughs> because it was what they had in the original which would then be like it its own yeah which would then be like they would have to then implement all this remake stuff into the multiplayer which would then be its own remake in itself um so yeah it's um yeah it, i i feel like it's unnecessary because we have this multiplayer game that's going to come out that's in the within the universe and so yeah I, I i appreciate i'm sure they look at it the developer views it as like oh we appreciate the love of factions and yada 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 but now we have this <laughs> and so enjoy this um and I, I think once it comes out people will move on and they'll appreciate it and as you said uh, the the complainers they'll wait for the price drop and then they'll get it at the value that they feel is what the remake should cost minus a multiplayer tacked on multiplayer experience so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah dude I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so confident that when factions 2 comes out and people see what they did with it you're like oh this is worth it yeah <laughs> So anyway, next troll says, most I would pay is 40 pounds. 70 <laughs> to 80 pounds for this game is just greed. Yeah. Greed is back. We got ourselves a, a connoisseur troll, a troll of sewer. <laughs> I like that the, the greed is is international. <laughs> yes. it's, not, it's not just US gamers. That that greed is just filtered, like just trickled in, uh, trickled into like all the different markets. <laughs> How dare they want money for their work? Yeah. Next row says, taking a page out of Nintendo's playbook, it seems, overcharge, under-deliver. Yeah. Damn. AMC, have you felt like Nintendo has asked too much money from you in exchange for what they give you, which is below what you expected? I mean, when, when I hear you discuss how, you know, online threads that are from the community, that are supposed to be, this, it's all community generated, and they put out these brackets where they vote on, you know, the, the greatest game of all time. And the game that ends up winning happens to be an, a Nintendo game. <laughs> the wild. Every time. <laughs> no content. <laughs> Bloodborne, Witcher 3, always lose. Yeah. I think Elden Ring is going to crush it this year. Though. <laughs> um, and then, I, think, I think Breath of the Wild will never see a number one slot ever again after this year. And then, like, you look at, um, what is it, like, Mario Kart 8 is still, like, 
showing up. It's it's one of the best selling games of the year, and it came out on the Wii U. <laughs> um, so damn. that game is just continuing to just sell like crazy. So no, yeah, no. Like if anything, that Nintendo quality, you know that 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 seal of approval that you can always expect from Nintendo games that their games will always run well on their consoles you can expect that um yeah perfectly they'll run perfectly as far as i'm concerned (laughs) (laughs) and Um, that's all that matters that's all that matters uh yeah so i mean i guess the complaint there is that with nintendo they rarely discount their games but you know actually i have been checking a lot more because i've been buying a lot more games through their e-shop as opposed to the uh the physical copies and they actually do discount their games every now and then it's just not 50% 50% discount. So you'll get that that 20 to 30% discount on like a Mario Odyssey or whatever every now and then. Um, but yeah, Nintendo's n- notorious for charging full price for their games because they feel that their games are worth the full value. <laughs> and you know what also helps is that people buy those games at full value. And you don't hear Nintendo, Nintendo uh, fanboys complaining that often about having to pay for their games. Um, and so yeah, it's I think this is strictly a outside of that ecosystem complaint that I would say. <laughs> outside of that ecosystem. That's that outside of the bubble. Yeah. Like wearing wearing like pieces of tire wastelander looking inside at the at the biosphere futuristic society. Yeah. I mean it's Vegetarian like Yeah, like you look at it, it's like it's like Sony and Microsoft, it's like everybody's talking about value all the time. Where's the value? Where's the value? I got to chase the value. <laughs> it's like you should just be chasing good games yes. <laughs> and spending your money on them. People, no, they want the most games. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't exactly. matter how good they are. Yeah. I just want to play as many games as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> I would need to observe that behavior for 24 hours. Yeah. Because I just don't get it. Like, I get, I want to play these games. I don't get, I want to play all of the games. Yeah. Yeah. Next troll says, so The Last of Us 1 has a permadeath mode now. I wonder how it compares to the brutality of how The Last of Us 2 permanently killed the series. (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. That was a good one. Last of Us 2 has not killed the series. <laughs> if anything, it got a lot more people a lot more excited about where the series could possibly go. You know, Neil Druckmann teased that, you know, they they have a concept for The Last of Us Part 3 written. So who knows what we'll get out of that. Hopefully we'll get The Last of Us Part 3. <laughs> can't wait for just that pre all those pre-release discussions and arguments and all the reasons why it's going to be the worst game ever neil Druckmann, this is this is going to be the one the final nail in the coffin <laughs> 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 uh, next show says totally a cash grab it's a shame really. next show says now remake part two and give it a good story mm. that was that was a subtle burn but in a tender spot. Next show says, sure looks like a lazy cash grab, no matter how hard they want to sell it. <laughs> cash grab. There you go. Okay, so cash grab. I was just waiting <laughs> to hear that word. So 
Yeah, I did, did, did my light research on this cash grab. A lot of people talking about uh, too soon for this game to be coming out. Too uh, soon. Yeah. The remaster and, was sufficient. Yeah. And so I, I, I looked at it, I was like, too soon. All right, so when did this remaster come out? And when did the original come out? So the original Last of Us came out 2013. Oh. Nine years ago, almost a decade ago, which is a long fucking time ago on the PS3. So two consoles ago. Then the remastered came out literally a year after <laughs> like the original came out in 2014. Um, and then, yeah, so then that came out eight years ago. But yet this game came out too soon. And so I was sitting there, I was like, all right, that's already like a ding against that argument that this is just a cash grab and that this is coming out too soon. It's almost a decade later that that one came out. But mm-hmm. then you look at by comparison of other games that when people talk about, I want to see this game remastered uh, for the PS5. What a game that always comes out, a PS5 exclusive, or PS, a PlayStation exclusive, that being Bloodborne. And that came out in 2015, a year after the remastered, two years after the original mm-hmm. version of the game. And so my question is, when people say like, oh, this is too soon. So are you saying that it's too soon because you, you played the remastered and you, you bought the original? So did you buy the original and within a year of that one coming out, you then bought it again for the remastered <laughs> version and played it again? But then now you waited eight years and now that th- those two play experiences were, uh, were too much for you. <laughs> or did you just only buy the remastered version? Which once again, that means you bought it eight years ago. And now you have this one, but yet like people want Bloodborne, a game that came out sooner, a year later, granted, but sooner, seven years ago, people want a remastered version of that. And so see, but a- the, the kicker with the Bloodborne thing is not only what you said about it, but also that they don't even want like a high quality remaster. All people want is for the game to have a solid 60 frames per second. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all people want. They don't want to remake if it's not made by From Software. So basically, they don't want to remake. They want to remaster with sixty frames per second. Don't do anything. Don't touch the game. Don't change it. It's perfect just the way it is. Sixty frames per second. Yeah. <laughs> the Last of Us remake. They're bringing in gameplay from The Last of Us Two. They're changing Dual the AI up. Dual sense, all the haptics, visuals, <laughs> physics. <laughs> just like for real remaking the game while keeping it exactly as it was and it's dlc <laughs> too soon eight years too soon yeah and like it was in like the point me bloodborne now yeah and that's what i was saying like it's too soon is basically saying that I don't want this. And so yeah. I'll, I'll just say it's too soon. But like, if you want something, it's never too soon. So it's like, oh, this just came out, but you're going to put on PS5 version. Oh, I'm going to jump right back into this and play this game again. Eight years oh, later. You best believe I'm buying two versions of Diablo 4. <laughs> yeah. I know that the Xbox version is going to be getting all the updates and stuff that the PS5 version is not getting. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have... I would do everything I got to do on the PlayStation side, save that for multiplayer with the homie or when I just don't feel like switching consoles. But then now hopefully maybe they'll play have it on the Xbox and look maybe. at the best. <laughs> I wonder if they'll have a, uh, did they put cross out um, a crossplay? Cross did they put out crossplay with Diablo 3? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Phil is pro gamer though. <laughs> I'm going to put a bunch of X's in my name. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you know what it is when I log on. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This whole thing with it being a cash grab, obviously, some bullshit. It's it, it, like I think it's literally just Naughty Dog puts out anything and it has Last of Us stamped on it. People react negatively. And that's if they put out, if they do anything and it has Neil Druckmann's name attached to it, <laughs> it's instant super negativity. Yeah, just. It, it, and it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, the company is thriving under his leadership. He got promoted, he's working on a new IP, working on a standalone multiplayer, which means it's going to get more resources and time put into it than the original Last of Us multiplayer. People should be looking forward to that. You get, I'm sure I mentioned the remake, probably going to get Last of Us 3. I mean, come on, man. Naughty Dog is killing it. They're, they still remain like a a beacon of creativity and quality within the industry. It's still a household name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just it, it's I, it's like so many things. There's just this overwhelming trend of people wanting to see things fail and gaslighting people to believe that everything's bad when things aren't even close to it. So you know, it just sucks to like this is the general theme of the gaming community these days. It sucks. <laughs> But this last troll says, and this is what we're going to part with. I'm so sick of this game. Glorified walking simulator. Sony exclusives lack gameplay. You literally just push forward and watch a movie 75% of the time. Everything else is just clunky, lethargic gameplay. Clunky. Lethargic. (laughs) (laughs) So, as I told you guys at the top of the show, I completed Horizon Forbidden West on Ultra Hard on a fresh save. So I, I came in there, I came in this world ass naked and I made it out wearing the pelts of my demons. How about that? So yeah, man, I, it, it was demoralizing and brutal and there are still things that I don't even think I'm going to attempt to try to overcome in that game on this difficulty turning it down so I could go for the platinum at some point. But I still made it to completion. You know, I still accomplished a majority of what the game had to offer. So I I, I basically licked as much of the play as I could. It, it, it's an outstanding game, but because people don't like Aloy or they think it's all woke and shit, it's just <laughs> insta-hate for what is otherwise a fantastic game. Definitely one of the best games to come out this year. Number four best-selling game Mm. we'll see how that goes so you know it, it's the same old same lethargic gameplay I was hopping and skipping all around going in slow motion crafting ammo dropping traps dipping in and out of stealth doing melee jumping off of things this <laughs> <laughs> is ridiculous like once you really get into it like these games are whatever challenge you need them to be so we ain't trying to hear these kind of criticisms. Yeah, in that shit. No, we have our own hands and our own eyes. Like, we know what we're playing. We know what we feel. And, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way, but that's a personal problem. Chill a little week. Chill a little week. Chill a little week. Chill a little week. We could get into some. Actually, I got one more story. Um, but I'm going to start speeding this up now. We're, we're, we're hitting that mark. Let's see. So. We got a story. Bungie is suing a player over harassment, A-Dub. The okay. story coming by way of Engadget. Oh, wait. 
Oh, it's not the other way around. Not Bungie is suing him. <laughs> what? Yes, a player has wronged a game company. When, when is that ever happened? I know. Yeah, usually it's like you're just shutting them down. But this one, it's it's interesting too because usually it's if they're suing them, it's just because you know they're making the cheats and they're violating the terms of agreement. I, I bought the game, Dub. I should be able to do whatever I want with it. Yeah. I don't yeah. see what the issue is. Um, but this one is I mean, actually. It's almost like I created it. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's like the the OJ quote where it's like it's almost like Ron and Nicole killed me. Uh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> uh, let's see. OJ, as we know, I think Ron and Nicole came together as what is <laughs> what we now perceive as OJ. <laughs> and you saw that Rory's go a little switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he is the best. Uh, let's uh, see. Yeah, so yeah, this was actually a combo. So it's not just that the the player was cheating; it's that they were an asshole. So let's let's hear <laughs> let's hear it out. <laughs> so Bungie filed a lawsuit against Destiny Two player uh, against a Destiny Two player. It accused of persistent cheating and making threats against its employees. I laugh, but it's fine. The developer claimed Luca Leone Leone outing him, doxing him, uh, violated the game's limited software license agreement on multiple occasions. It's seeking 150000 in damages and an injunction preventing Leon from harassing, stalking, and otherwise engaging in unwanted and unsolicited contact with Bungie, its employees, and Destiny 2 players. So get the fuck out, and you can't even play our game. <laughs> Keep our name. But you said it badly owned uh, oh. multiple times for using Destiny 2 cheat software while streaming on Twitch. So just rubbing it in people's faces. In an attempt to evade the ban, Leon created 13 accounts, each of which constituted a fresh beach of the LSLA, the thing I na- uh, named before, according to a filing. Um, in addition, Bungie claims that Leon has made threats regarding the studio and its employees. According to the suit, Leon tweeted about his desires to burn down Bungie's office building and he and um, that specific Bungie employees were not safe given Leon's intent to move into their neighborhood. So um, in May, an image of Destiny 2 community manager Dylan Gaffner's uh, employee badge appeared on on a Twitter account that is said to belong to Leon. Uh, the account tweeted, I just realized I'll be moving to a place that's 30 minutes away from DMG. He is not safe. Um, Bungie notes that DMG uh, refers to Gaffner um, and his Twitter handle is DMG04. So this dude is just straight up asshole. Don't have much <laughs> to say here. Um, I know... Um, when I heard the story initially, uh, I did one of the responses I heard was that, uh, you know, that it, it felt uh, you know, they they were mixed on it because they felt that it was a little and I'm not sure what the word is here. So I'll just say authoritative. But the fact that it's a big draconian, company, draconian yeah, a big company <laughs> going after, you know, the little guy. But um, reading this and hearing about the threats, you, you kind of get it. So uh, A-Dub, where, how do you weigh on this? I'm absolutely thrilled that Bungie is going after this person. And I hope more game companies go after more people like this person. At some point, it has to be driven home that this is not the kind of behavior that they want on these platforms. And these aren't the kind of people that they want on their platforms. And yeah, I know it sounds very exclusionary and 
you know, oh, censorship. My first amendment rights, they don't. Get out of here with that. It's <laughs> their, their responsibility and their aim is to provide a healthy environment for everybody to enjoy these games within. And if there are those who act against that endeavor, then they got to go. Plain and simple. So I, you know, I don't want the guy to get hit with a $150,000 fine, but, you know, they should get whatever punishment is commensurate with their actions. They intend to be a persistent pest and they're, they're cheating on top of that. Yeah. So they're, you're asshole and you're cheating. Like it, certain things can be worked with, but if you're going to have multiple things, then you're limiting the amount of wiggle room you're going to have when people just get fed up. So yeah, I hope more companies do this. I hope that I, I know what's going to happen. Like it's a large amount of money. They're going to come up with come, some kind of settlement and then mm. that'll be that. But who knows? Um, just glad it's happening and it needs to happen more because people, some people need to be put in their place. It's, it's interesting to hear like they basically got a restraint. Like it's, it's one thing to like IP ban somebody, but it's another thing to get a restraining order from, from the game. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the OG IP ban. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like get that cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you basically cannot interact with people within our community. <laughs> you cannot purchase our products. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> We're uh, circulating your info to all retailers around the globe. <laughs> do not sell to this man. <laughs> Every, uh, even the little mom and pops you go in, you're about to buy it. Like, okay, that'll be a, Wait a minute. <laughs> they point to the picture and it's like inside the counter. Horses can't talk. <laughs> you can write bad checks all around. Oh, <laughs> uh, bad uh, checks. You have any uh, quick hits, Adev? Quick hits. Well, you're talking about bungee, so I got a little bungee news, and this is about uh, as quick as a hit can get. The deal to acquire bungee has been concluded. So Bungie is officially and completely a part of the PlayStation family. Bravo. Bravo. Rock on. Yes. You got anything? Um, do you want to quickly just do the Bruce Straley? I, di- I didn't get any notes for that. Well, you guys might remember the name Bruce Straley for various reasons, depending on what side of whatever thing you're on. But Golden yeah, Bruce Straley. After, <laughs> after five long years, Bruce Straley has finally decided to return to gaming. He's opening up his own studio by the name of Wildflower Interactive. And they're they're gonna be working on some stuff. I mean the studio's made up of developers that worked on Call of Duty, Abzu, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, and Astroneer. So it's quite a diverse range of talent. Also some pretty decent peaks insofar as quality and and polish. So, you know, especially with Straley being the man in charge. So we'll, we'll see what's going on with that. Uh, I believe he's quoted as saying in 2017, I left the industry, not sure if I wanted to make games anymore. Uh, but the longer I was away, I kept thinking about this medium and everything yet to be done and everything I want. Uh, this idea kept following me, so I grabbed some friends and we started prototyping. <laughs> so they out there prototyping. Uh, they have a number of employees. They have someone doing animation, art, design, programming, production, and Australia himself as the studio director. They're looking for a chief operating officer, an audio designer, a character designer, and an environmental artist. So, you know, dusting portfolios off, dust, dust that tie off. Dust off that cummerbund 
and get ready to get in there <laughs> and get on that Zoom interview so you can start working from home for Bruce Shirley. Uh, they say that they're going to be working on smallish, creatively charged, and uniquely stylized games. Uh, they didn't reveal any information about any product projects they're going to be working on, but they're working on them. So AMC, how do you feel about yet another new studio joining the mix, yet another source of possibly some of the greatest games that we've ever played, yet another thing that might get lost in the shuffle and we have to hear about it by word of mouth and think maybe, hmm, it's seven bucks. Is that really worth it? Should I get into it? You know what? I'm going to pull the trigger. Loved it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm like, a part of me is like, one, I'm happy to hear that, you know, all these people are working on like their own things at this point, meaning like Amy Hennig, we, we now know she's working on a Marvel game and she has her own things that she's been working on. And then, um, yeah. And then hearing now Bruce is like jumping back into the fold. So it's like, the was it the, the son, the legendary son and <laughs> the, 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 the three uh, re- referencing Naruto with, uh, we, you know, with um, Orochimaru and the other three, um, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it's like you see the 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 three heads at Naughty Dog, and um, the former heads, I will say, and seeing that they're all now at their own place doing what they want to be doing, and um, I'm I, I'm very interested to see what he's doing, especially when it comes to smallish, because I know that that was uh that was a thing that Amy Hennig had said uh, before she you know her announcements of the projects that that. Her, her group will be working on. Uh, she had mentioned that, like, she wanted to actually, she thought single player experiences should be shorter. Cause there's this whole thing for a period of time where everything's about value. And so you got to, you got to make a single player game that's like 40 hours because that's where the value's at. And like, and from Amy's perspective, it was, you know, if you want like a great single player experience, it should be tighter. Um, this song so, needs a bridge. Yeah, and so now hearing this from Bruce, like saying that um, at least their work as of right now, their their focus is on like smallish, very creative experiences. Uh, I'm interested to see like what that um, turns into. Also, I'm hoping that there's um, like on a personal level, I'm hoping that there's some SJW elements in there, so that <laughs> you're hoping, yeah, so that motherfuckers can stop just blaming Neil for all of that, <laughs> um, for for just the way that the world is progressing <laughs> you blaming one man for for looking at that and noticing it and wanting to bring that into you know the creative process and so yeah um it'll be interesting to see what he has there i all he said he it had nothing to do with the actual game but one of the things he uh, bruce early did say is that he wanted to make sure that his team was very inclusive uh, buzzword uh. <laughs> and so i imagine that also means being inclusive being having inclusive ideas because you want that when you have a, a bunch of different minds and what that might entail and bring because he, he also said too that you want to be inclusive and very collaborative and so yeah um i imagine that means he wants a world of diversity to come in there and influence um the development of his game and so i'm very interested to see um how that translates but if i get some sjw elements that would be awesome because that would just one piss off people and at the same time make neil look a little better which will then make me happier to have another argument against those people who are going to get pissed off. I said SJW elements. That's all I got the way, Dub. You have anything else? Uh, you know what? All tapped out. I mean, there is the PlayStation Stars loyalty program. Mm-hmm. 
that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, didn't they try a loyalty program at one point in time, and that didn't hook? That it did, it didn't quite latch, as some might say, and they took it away, and now they're reintroducing it, kind of like how they rebranded their existing services to the new tiers of PS Plus, and people are breaking their backs trying to get discounted years of it. So you know, maybe this is that. We're all playing straight for free, a dub. Uh, talking about it. <laughs> Game of the year. Yeah. Knocked, off the, knocked off the mountaintop. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The only thing that I, like, you know, when I've heard, like, certain things of that they could do with it, and it's nothing that I would be personally interested in unless I got VR, as they said, like, oh, like, the uh, unlocking the achievements, you get, like, you know, the content, and then the content could be rolled over into like PlayStation homes. And then it's like, Oh, I got this thing. And now it's in my, my, my personal space that you can come and visit. But that's, that seems like a very VR leaning thing. And so not really an AMC thing. <laughs> um, I would appreciate getting like a new, um, what is it? The, not theme, but I, Oh, avatar, because I've been running with the same horizon one that I got at PS plus. Maybe so that would be kind of fun. I know that they did say that um, there would be, there would be certain benefits, like people who, if, if they decided to put it in there, like if you like say a, a person, you know, got a, a platinum, the first person to get a platinum would get a certain thing. And I'm sure people will be exploiting the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, knowing that, um, and that might tie into like knowing that lot naughty dog is going to put in the speed run mode into the last of us. That that's definitely something that could tie into the loyalty program. Uh, personally, what I would like to see, cause I've heard a lot of people try to compare this to Nintendo and um, I don't know the full details of this. So maybe if you heard this, you could mention it. Uh, but the big thing with the Nintendo loyalty program, and this goes against like, you know, people complaining about Nintendo and never dropping the prices of their games is that with the loyalty program, you earn a certain amount of points and those points you can roll in kind of like ca- you get cash back basically, uh, mm-hmm. but it's in, in the form of credit. And so anytime I buy a game digitally on the Nintendo eShop, I get a certain amount of credits. And then when I buy the next game, it literally says, Hey, do you want to, put these credits towards the purchase of this game. And then I'll like, look, and it'll be like $5 off of that game because I bought another game. And so that's how their loyalty program works. And you can also, you can get like, um, you know, also like collectibles and shit like that through their loyalty program. And so if that's something that PlayStation, and that's if PlayStation rolled that into their loyalty program, that would be absolutely awesome. Outside of that, uh, not really, not really caring. Um, but I know they they did go out of their way to make sure that you couldn't sell these, so they're not they're they're non they're they're not non fungible. <laughs> uh, uh, they're not NFTs, so that is uh, I guess one less thing to worry about because that was probably the first question that people had is like, oh, can you sell it? Is it an NFT? Uh. Um, but yeah, um, it, it'll be interesting. I'm sure it's another thing. People love their trophies, and so it's another way to engage with. The PlayStation community and people will find their exploits and things like that. But um, yeah, it's it's something to engage in. I have no issues with that. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. So we'll see what's going on with it. I've been getting trophies all the time. It'd be nice to get a little something back in exchange, or you know, I buy digital all the time. So if you're not going to let us like trade in quote unquote digital games, then at least give us some kind of credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help it play out. Help help me help you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. uh, but well, yeah, that's all I got, sir. Um, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. 
future. Thanks for playing. Suckers!